Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get this week started off right. You're watching the San Francisco 49ers Report live here on Chat Sports. I'm Chase Sr. Hope all of the faithful, the Niner gang, having a fantastic start to your week. And you had a great weekend as well. A little bit of a weird schedule for San Francisco playing on Thursday. Few days off. Got to watch some football yesterday. I imagine for all of the football aficionados out there, Kind of taking a look at the NFC to see what transpired and how it related to the Niners and how it impacted the NFC playoff picture. We'll talk about the NFC playoff picture coming up here in just a little while. Producer Trizzy Trace on the ones and twos. I am Chase Sr. And we have Niner fans watching the show from every pocket of America and all across the globe. And no matter where you are or how you're tuned in, we appreciate you. For making today's 49ers report live a part of your day. Let me know and get the comment section going here right now. Where you're watching from, we're giving some shout outs to the people. Abama, Scooter, Goon King, Mike Concho, Niner Babe, Tim Diaz, Wet Noodle, all in the chat. I'm seeing Lodi, California. We're giving a shout out to Louisville. Hollister, California, that's where Niner Babe is, the winner of our Venmo 50-50 raffle on Thursday night. Pittsburgh from Brian, Louisiana from Devon, Big Hurt, Richmond, Virginia, New York from Al, North Dakota from Gamer, Juan Herrera, Fresno, California, Coral Springs, Florida from Jerome, JoJo is in Niceville, California, Brentwood, Cali from the man Hancho, already talking that talk, I saw you, Mike. Gene is in Jersey, Valencia, California from Carlos, Ontario, Canada, Victorville, PCB, Florida, Mendocino, California, upstate New York. I told you, people were watching the show from literally everywhere. We do want to bring on and welcome a brand new sponsor here to the San Francisco 49ers Report. That is Factor Meals. You can get 50% off using the code NINERSCHAT50. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. Too busy with holiday plans to cook? 
but you want to make sure you're eating well with Factor. Skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up too. A lot of you know about that from Thanksgiving while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat them up and enjoy. So that is 50% off if you use the code NINERSCHAT50. You can get paleo meals. You can get heavy protein meals, vegetarian types of meals. Anything that you really want on the food spectrum, Factor Meals has it. And again, you use that code NINERSCHAT50 you get 50% off. This is a deal that you don't want to miss. This holiday season, everybody is so dang busy. You don't want to be wasting all your time doing some meal prepping with Factor. You don't have to worry about that. Now we go back to the comment section here. Ethan Atwood, Eric Wallace, Mike Concho, Aaron Magana on the chat right now. Good to see some of the real ones. And if you love the San Francisco 49ers, I need you to hit that thumbs up icon right now and I want you to like the video. Another loaded show coming your way on the Monday edition of the San Francisco 49ers Report. David DeGoon saying bang, bang. Rob Opp saying let's go. Al, what did you do for Thanksgiving? I was right here live on the 49ers Report for an epic Niners beatdown of the Seattle Seahawks. Jerome Joseph, Savvy Eagle, Rick Eska, Foxy Steady all in the chat right now. Continue to hit that thumbs up icon, like the video. The more likes that we get, the more people who will come in here and hang out, and the better that the show will be. We do want to hear from you because we will be doing a mailbag with the faithful. couple of ways for you to get involved. Use the hashtag 49ers if you want to join the program, or send in a super chat, and you can ask us literally anything that you want. We're up to 200 people hanging out, 72 likes. Let's get to 100 likes as soon as possible, and we are going to have a great show live on the San Francisco 49ers Report here today. I know Trizzy Trace is ready to rock. I'm ready to rock. Just plugging in this fan because it always gets a little bit hot in some of these studios here. That's hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to hop on board, join the show, because there is a lot to talk about. I know a lot of you have questions, you have comments, and we're going to dive into it all. So the San Francisco 49ers Report is live. I'm Chase Sr., and the official show starts right now. All right, here we go. Welcome into the San Francisco 49ers Report by Chat Sports. Chase Sr. here with you. And as always, no matter where you are, how you're tuned in, we appreciate you for making today's show a part of your day. The rematch is here for the San Francisco 49ers. It is Eagles week. And coming up on the docket, the best Niners-Eagles preview in this rematch of the 2022 NFC Championship game that you will find right here on YouTube. So many fascinating storylines, so many keys to the game and matchups to watch between the two top teams in the NFL, in my opinion. And what's very fascinating about this ball game, the Niners are traveling across the country. They're going to Lincoln Financial Field in South Philadelphia, Yet they are three-point favorites as of this Monday in this ball game, and the over/under at 46 flat. Kickoff set for the late afternoon window, 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 
125 Pacific for those of you watching on the West Coast. We will be live here on the San Francisco 49ers Report for another watch party, and it's going to be the blast, a blast, the best place to experience game day outside of being at the actual game. And I want to go back to the line here. San Francisco favored by a field goal. Here's why I think the Niners are favorites in this matchup, because I do believe that Philadelphia, two consecutive wins against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, they're really playing good football right now. But San Francisco is playing better football. They also have the rest advantage over Philadelphia going into this week. The Niners, they dump trucked the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday, on Thanksgiving. Philadelphia played on Sunday, went into overtime, had to come back from 10 twice against the Buffalo Bills, and ended up eking that one out as Jalen Hurts ran it in from 12 yards out to give Philadelphia a 10-1 record and the victory. But in a game that's going to be decided on the margins, and in a matchup that features two teams that are evenly matched, I do think that rest is a big advantage for the Niners here. You also look at the point differential between these two ball clubs. San Francisco this year, plus 140, blowing a lot of teams out. Philadelphia at plus 64, they have had to come back and they've played and won a lot of close games. San Francisco has the number one overall offense in the National Football League, going up against an Eagles defense that ranks 17th in the NFL. And then for the Eagles offense, they rank 6th. The Niners defense ranks 8th. But over this three-game winning tear for the Niners, they have been looking and playing like the number one defense in the NFL. It is certainly an interesting line because of this as well. The Eagles are the first 10-1 team to be home underdogs in NFL history. This game, of course, has a lot of implications in the NFC playoff picture as well. Philadelphia, with that victory over Buffalo, remains in that top spot in the NFC with the league-best record of 10-1. On Thanksgiving, with San Francisco beating Seattle and with the Detroit Lions losing to the Green Bay Packers, San Francisco able to move up to the two-spot in the NFC. Lions drop to third. The Atlanta Falcons beat the New Orleans Saints, so they slide into that four position in the NFC because the NFC South is so putrid as a division. And then the three wildcard teams here, Dallas Cowboys at 8-3, Minnesota Vikings 6-5 going into that Monday night football game against the Chicago Bears, and then the Seattle Seahawks, the final wildcard spot at 6-5. Other teams in the hunt, Green Bay Packers, Rams and Saints at 5-6, Buccaneers at 4-7. The Giants technically two games back in addition to Washington at 4-8, but I think those teams are cooked. The Niners in a good position here in the NFC. They're also in a good spot in the NFC West. A big reason why that game was so critical to get the dub on Thursday on Thanksgiving in the Pacific Northwest. Distancing yourselves from the Seattle Seahawks, who the Niners have to play after taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So they have that two-game lead atop this division at 8-3. and 6-5 and five is Seattle. Rams hanging tough at 5-6. and six. Cardinals are done at 2-10. and 10. And what happens at the quarterback position for Arizona? As for where the Eagles are in the NFC East, they, of course, playing for a lot to hold on to the top spot in the NFC, but also battling with the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. As another reminder, 
going to let you know. We're going to be live on the San Francisco 49ers report for our Niners-Eagles watch party on Sunday. What I'm thinking of as of right now, hour and a half, maybe even a two-hour pregame show. We're going to simulcast it on Eagles-Niners. We're going to put these two great fan bases up against one another, and then the game between these two great teams going to take place, and it's going to be awesome. We were certainly robbed last year, back in January, 2022 NFC Championship game of a potentially all-time great NFC title matchup. Brock Purdy goes down early. Josh Johnson comes in. Christian McCaffrey is having to throw passes in a game that decided who was going to go to the Super Bowl. And I thought then the Eagles and the Niners were on a collision course to play in the NFC Championship game. And they were the two top teams in the NFL, not just the NFC. And right now, with how both teams are playing, with how stacked both of these rosters are, I think that right now, in the 2023 season, San Francisco and Philadelphia, the two top teams in the NFL once again. And we will see a bunch of great players take the field in Philadelphia on Sunday. It's one of the reasons why I'm so jacked up about this matchup. There are a litany, a plethora of future Hall of Famers, all pros, Pro Bowlers, and high-level players on both sidelines here. Trent Williams, best left tackle in the game. I think that he's a future Hall of Famer. Fred Warner, best off-ball linebacker in the NFL. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. The same can be said for Christian McCaffrey, who's the best running back in the NFL right now. Nick Bosa, defending defensive player of the year. He continues on this trajectory. He'll be a Hall of Famer. George Kittle has a case to be made if he can continue to sustain his very solid level of play for the next few years. Debo Samuel, one of the most unique weapons in the sport. Brandon Ayuk, I think, has emerged as a top 10, top 15 wide receiver. Dre Greenlaw, right now one of the best off-ball linebackers in the game. Brock Purdy, statistically, is number one in several quarterback metrics, which we'll talk about here on the show. And then special teams do matter. It's a third of the game. How crucial has Mitch Wisnowski been? He's arguably been the best punter in the NFL. And then on the Philadelphia side, Jason Kelsey, probably the best center of this generation. He's a future Hall of Famer. Lane Johnson has been the best right tackle in the game for several years. Jalen Hurts is the leader to win NFL MVP right now. A.J. Brown, a top two wide receiver. Devontae Smith, as good of a number two as it gets across the NFL. Hassan Reddick, he's been one of the top edge rushers in the game the last few years. Fletcher Cox has been in the league for more than a decade. He's one of the best Eagles defenders of all time. Darius Slay, still playing and operating like one of the top corners in football. Jake Elliott, the most clutch kicker in the NFL. Eight for eight, less than two minutes when the game is either tied or the Eagles are trailing. And then Kevin Byard, who the Eagles picked up a couple of weeks ago via a trade going into the NFL trade deadline, is a former two-time All-Pro in the NFL. And then the coaching matchup has to be discussed as well. You have Kyle Shanahan, the whiz kid, who's been the head coach of San Francisco since 2017. Remember when he was below 500 for so long? Well, the last two years have allowed his record to get a boost and a bump. 60-49, and 49, he is 6-3 and three in the playoffs, and I know a lot of Niner fans don't like head coach Nick Sirianni. I personally appreciate his realness and authenticity, and he's doing a damn good job of winning. 33-12, and 12, he is 2-2 two and two in the playoffs with 
Philadelphia going to the Super Bowl last year. Kyle Shanahan has made it to the NFC Championship game three times in the last four years. And you kind of compare the differences in the coaches here. Kyle Shanahan, coach's son, comes from a family tree of coaches because his dad, Mike Shanahan, a Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, longtime great assistant and offensive mind and offensive coordinator. Shanahan, more reserved, can get a little bit snippy with the media, and he's deemed as an offensive genius. Nick Sirianni has an offensive background, but he's more of the coach who does not call plays, by the way, likes to have his fingerprints on the game plan, manage the game. He's very aggressive, whereas Shanahan sometimes errs on being a little bit more conservative. Sirianni has instilled a swagger, and a winning culture in that Eagles locker room. He has a personality where he will chirp with fans, just like Mike McDaniel was doing on Black Friday. So two different styles as far as the person, the personality, but also coaches, both, though, developing pretty good coaching trees. In comparing the quarterbacks, let's get to that next, because this matchup, of course, a really good one between Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts on top of the overall great talent that's going to take the field on Sunday. Brock Purdy has been unbelievably efficient, and he is atop the NFL in many passing categories. He was Mr. Irrelevant, chosen in the seventh round. Jalen Hurts, kind of an underdog story as well. He was a second-round pick. A lot of people didn't think that he was going to be a good quarterback at the NFL level, just like Brock Purdy. And this year, he has been extremely clutch to the point where when the Philadelphia Eagles have been down, that's when he's playing his best football, putting up absurd numbers as we're about to break down here on the show. But when playing from ahead, Jalen Hurts has actually been a pretty mediocre quarterback this year. And I think whichever quarterback plays better might be able to make the argument that they deserve to be the NFL MVP this year in 2023 with how many implications are involved in this game between Philadelphia and San Francisco. You look at the side-by-side -side matchup, I think Hurts and Brock Purdy already, two MVP candidates. They are top six as we're about to break down. Hurts completing 67.5% of his passes. Brock Purdy, 70%. That's number one in the NFL. Hurts is thrown for nearly 2,700 yards. Purdy, almost 2,900 yards per attempt. Hurts a really good number at 7.5, but Brock Purdy, almost two yards more on his yards per attempt this year. That is by far and away number one in the National Football League. On total touchdowns, this includes rushing touchdowns for both players, Jalen Hurts has 29 touchdowns to 10 picks. Brock Purdy, 21 touchdowns to 6. He's obviously not the running threat that Jalen Hurts is, and then when it comes down to quarterback rating, Hurts checking in at 94.8, Brock Purdy at 112.3, which is certainly a great number for Mr. Irrelevant. And then you take a gander at the NFL MVP odds. Again, I think the winner of this game going to have an argument to be made that they deserve to be the NFL MVP if they end up playing well just because of how meaningful this game is going to be. Hurts at plus 150. He's ahead of Patrick Mahomes at plus 350. Dak Prescott, 6-1 to odds, followed by Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa. And I honestly think this is pretty good value. 14-1 to odds for Brock Purdy. Let's say San Francisco wins out. He continues to sling it. You put $1 down, you get 14 back. I might have to make that bet, honestly. Purdy, Mr. Efficient, Jalen Hurts, Mr. Clutch Gene. 
Purdy is number one in the NFL among all quarterbacks in completion percentage, in yards per attempt, in QBR, in quarterback rating, in air yards per attempt. He is eighth in yards thrown through the air. And then here's where he stands with the certain metrics when targeting specific areas of the field. 10 to 19 air yard throws, number seven. 20 to 29, number three. 30 to 39, number four. 40 to 49, number three. I think Hertz has the MVP edge right now because he has better wins. They've been a little bit more dramatic. But again, the case of draftism for Purdy has led to him not getting enough credit nationally. This guy is a special player. He looks to be legit. And if he was a first-round pick, everybody would be gushing about him. So that's the efficiency numbers from Purdy. The clutch numbers from Jalen Hurts. He has eight straight wins when trailing by double digits, 13 straight wins against teams with a winning record, seven straight wins when trailing by 10-plus points. He gave Patrick Mahomes his first home loss in November or December over the last five years. He outdueled Josh Allen in the rain and was unconscious in that second half. And Hurts, the youngest quarterback ever to start 9-1 or better in back-to-back -back seasons. I don't want to hear that the Eagles get all these officiating calls. When you watch the game from an unbiased perspective, there are officiating calls that can change the outcome of games that are called on both teams. The fact that Hurts is able to win this much, officiating ain't deciding that. But what's crazy here, Hurts' quarterback rating, when he is winning, when the Eagles are ahead, is 65.9. His quarterback rating when losing is 121.9. The drastic difference there really is hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, it's almost double here. So when the pressure is on, that's when Hurts is playing well. And we know that San Francisco does such a good job at playing from ahead. If they get ahead in this football game, is Hurts going to be able to come back? Or can that defensive line pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, and that defense for San Francisco playing like one of the best units over the last three weeks. There are also these numbers when Hertz is trailing. This year he has 10 total touchdowns, zero interceptions, a passer rating of 118.2, and he has four game-winning drives. So again, I think that this game is so evenly matched, and if San Francisco is able to take a lead, I want to see how Jalen Hurts is able to play against an upper echelon defense that the Niners do have. This is another big game for the San Francisco pass rush, as well as San Francisco's ascending secondary. They have to contain Hurts. They can't let him get outside of the pocket. Philadelphia likes to run a lot of quarterback draws as well. And I think those quarterback draws, something that Philadelphia really likes to run in the red zone as well. Niners, on the other hand, have a really good defensive line, and the secondary has played really, really good football because that secondary with Charvarius Ward and Ambry Thomas has been spectacular as well. So a big game for this Niners pass rush as well as this Niners ascending secondary because Ambry Thomas, Charvarius Ward, they've been playing really good football over the last couple of weeks. I want you to predict the score here between San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles in this NFC Championship game rematch. Let me know what you're thinking down below in the comment section. You know what I'm thinking about right now? I've had a long day at work. I'm really hungry. And I'm going to take care of that and appease my appetite with Factor Meals. You should as well get 50% off using the code NINERSCHAT50. 
50. This is a brand new sponsor here on the Niners Report. A big reason we've been able to grow, all of you. A big reason we continue to grow, all of your support. And without your support, we wouldn't be able to land excellent sponsors like this. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. With chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. Looking for special occasion meals during the holidays? You can level up with the Gourmet Plus options. You can skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. You choose from 35-plus weekly flavored-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. You want a protein-heavy diet? They have that. You want vegetarian-heavy meals? Factor can offer you that as well. And here's the deal. 50% off using the code NINERSCHAT50 at factormeals.com slash NINERSCHAT50. We'll put that link down below in the comment section as well as in the description of this video. So let's continue to move forward with the preview here. This is a matchup between two balanced teams. That's why they're the top two seeds in the NFC. And again, that's why I think these are the two top teams in the National Football League. You also look at how both sides of the ball match up with one another. First, the Niners offense against the Eagles defense. I'm going to go with San Francisco having the edge here due to personnel, due to production, due to coaching with head coach Kyle Shanahan. And this Eagles defense, they were number one in sacks last year with 70. They're not generating nearly as many sacks as a year ago. San Francisco's offense, third in points per game, and it's tied actually with Philadelphia, 28.2. Third in yards per game, second in yards per play, fifth in third down percentage, seventh in red zone percentage. That means anytime you get into the red zone, how many times are you converting those red zone trips into touchdowns? So San Francisco, number seven there, that's really good at 61 plus percent. The Eagles defense, on the other hand, they're giving up 22.4 points per game. That's 20th in the NFL. They're giving up a lot of yards, 19th. Yards per play, smack dab in the middle of the NFL, 16 among 32 teams. Third down percentage, they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL. This is a way that San Francisco can win this football game if they keep drives going, keep Jalen Hurts off the field, and convert on third downs. And then Philadelphia as a red zone defense, struggling as well. As for the Eagles offense against the Niners defense, Philadelphia averaging 28 points per game. That's third in the NFL. Again, tied with San Francisco. They're ninth in yards per game, 10th in yards per play. Number three on third down percentage. They've dropped from number one over the last couple of weeks. And when they get in the red zone, very, very good at 62.8. Niners defense, number one in points per game allowed at 15 and a half. They're going to have to be on their A game with all the weaponry and the talent on that Eagles sideline. Number five in yards per game. Under 300 in today's NFL is very, very impressive. Number five in yards per play as well. San Francisco's defense, I think, has to do a better job at getting off the field on third down, but they are doing a good job of keeping teams from scoring touchdowns when they get into the red area. There are so many 
great matchups to watch in this football game. I have five of them specifically that I want to break down for our preview here. The Eagles' defensive line against the Niners' offensive line. While I give the Niners' offense the edge, I give the Eagles' defensive line the edge here just because San Francisco has failed to invest in their offensive line. And last year in the NFC Championship game, frankly, to be honest with you, I thought San Francisco got their asses kicked in the trenches. The Eagles are tied for 11th in sacks this year with 32. They are 5th in pass rush win rate at 51.1%. Yet, they rank 28th in pressure percentage and 21st in sack percentage. A lot of Philadelphia sacks have come at critical junctures of the football game. Against the run, the Eagles are tied for 11th in yards per rush allowed at 4.1, 12th in defensive rush play success at 61.5%, but they do rank 2nd in run-stop win rate. So San Francisco, if they're able to establish the run against one of the top rushing defenses in the NFL, that can set up the pass for Brock Purdy. Specifically, it's the play-action offense for San Francisco that benefits if you can establish the run against an Eagles defensive line that has some dogs and some beefy cats on the interior with Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and then they have some really good edge rushers as well. Matchup to watch number two, it's the Yak Kings for San Francisco against some really good tacklers for Philadelphia. Some more really good in-depth knowledge here. San Francisco's ability to pick up yards after the catch can turn what was going to be a minimal play into a splash play and an explosive. But Philadelphia's done a good job at limiting yards after the catch. Philadelphia allowing the third fewest Yards after the catch per reception in the NFL at just 4.37. That's good coaching. That's good tackling. They're the best in the league by giving up the lowest yards after contact per game and per play in the league. The Niners, though, lead the league in yards after contact per game as well as per play. I know that Debo Samuel's been looking forward to this matchup ever since losing the NFC Championship game. The same can be said for George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, and everybody else on this Niners roster. What's going to win out here? The Niners' talent and ability to accumulate yards after the catch, or is Philadelphia going to limit them by tackling well? I think the wide receivers against the cornerbacks on both sidelines is going to be a critical matchup in this game as well, because both teams have some question marks in that secondary. I love how Charvarius Ward and Ambry Thomas have played, but can they stick with A.J. Brown as well as Devontae Smith and potentially Dallas Goddard if he returns throughout the course of a 60-minute game. But then for Philadelphia, James Bradbury has been picked apart this year. Darius Slay is still playing at a really high level, but how do the Eagles' corners match up, and can they stick with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, as well as George Kittle? You look at the Eagles' offense through the air, top three receiving threats here. A.J. Brown having a great year, 73 catches, more than 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He's been held in check the last two weeks. Can San Francisco do that again for a third week? Devontae Smith has really started to come on the last five games after a slow start. 55 grabs, 738 yards, and five touchdowns. And then Dallas Goddard suffered a forearm fracture in week nine. There is a chance, and a slight chance that he might be able to play. Really good blocker. I'd say he's the best all-around tight end as far as catching the ball and blocking behind George Kittle in the NFL. And then you look at the Niners' 
through the air. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel, really special weapons for Brock Purdy, and obviously a big reason why Purdy's been able to have so much success as well. Ayuk leading the team in receiving yards. He is one behind George Kittle in overall receptions, and then him and Kittle tied at five touchdowns apiece. For Ayuk to be top 10 in receiving yards in a run-heavy offense with all of these weapons is really impressive. I think it's the best year of his career. Kittle with 46 grabs for 667 and five tutties. And then Debo Samuel, 34 catches, 474 yards, eating a turkey leg coming off of that field at Lumen Field in Seattle on Thursday night. Big game for him. And I know that with his ability to instill toughness and a swagger for this Niners offense against an Eagles team that has a lot of that, another thing that I'll be looking out for. George Kittle against the Eagles linebackers. Let's get to that matchup as well. Zach Cunningham hurt for the Eagles. Hamstring injury against Buffalo. They're already without N'Kobe Dean, who's on IR for the second time this year, with a foot injury. The Eagles are very thin at the linebacking spot. Nicholas Morrow has allowed a very high passer rating in coverage this year. Philadelphia does not have the linebacking talent to cover George Kittle. But because the Niners' offensive line can be the weak link and unravel this offensive unit, is Kyle Shanahan going to have to use George Kittle as an inline blocker? I hope that the Niners utilize George Kittle down the seam, down the numbers, down the heart of the field, because I think that is an advantage that San Francisco can pinpoint here just because the Eagles are so thin there. That's why they're looking at a player like Shaquille Leonard, who was just released last week by the Indianapolis Colts. And then lastly, Kyle Shanahan scheming up the pass game. Huge matchup for Brock Purdy here. And just like I predicted going into that Bucks game when I said San Francisco might have to win on the back of Brock Purdy throwing the football because the Bucs had one of the best defensive lines at stuffing the run in the NFL. Philadelphia has a great defensive line at stopping the run. And when you think about some of the ways that the Eagles play defense, I want to see Kyle Shanahan get creative, and I want to see him scheme up this pass game to really benefit Brock Purdy to give him some open looks in a variety of ways with the play calls and the play designs. Here's what I mean by that. The Eagles are allowing a QBR of 75.3 in man coverage this year. That is 29th in the NFL. They are allowing a QBR of 50.8 when playing zone. That is 17th in the NFL. They've given up 16 touchdowns, or Brock Purdy, excuse me, has an 85 QBR, which is third in the NFL, and he's thrown 16 touchdowns, tied for first, and is completing 66% of his passes against man coverage this year. So I want to see Shanahan come up with a creative game plan to take advantage of the Eagles in what has been a porous man defense, but also a very mediocre zone defense as well. And I can only guarantee you that's going to be a part of the conversations throughout this week in game planning preparation for Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, and this whole offensive staff to try to find ways to really exploit what the Eagles do not do well in that secondary. A passing defense for the Eagles, by the way, that's been one of the worst in the NFL this year. If you are a true football fan and you are not a casual, this game features everything that you want in a regular season tilt. This is a heavyweight bout way back in the day when Mike Tyson 
was in his prime as a boxer. Both of these teams are going to lace him up. Both of these teams are physical. Both of these teams are multiple. Both of these teams are extremely well coached with so much talent. And the TV ratings for this game are going to be great because it has the interest of people all across America and across the world. And it's an absolute blessing to be able to talk about this game and have this platform do it right here on the San Francisco 49ers Report. So with that, who you got on Sunday? We're going to continue to preview this game all throughout the week, providing you with the best coverage. Give me an SF or a PHI. As always, we appreciate you for watching, and we hope you enjoyed the show. All right. What do y'all think? How long was that? Nice. Niner Babe, SF, Wet Noodle, SF, Michelle, SF, the Niner Babes in the chat, David Marcella, Philadelphia, Mike Huncho, San Francisco, Wet Noodle, San Francisco, Christian Burton, Niners, Michael Keller, Niners, a couple of super chats that we want to catch up on as well. I saw two $5 super chats check in. David Blanco, Chase, we know you're a real one. You host the Eagles channel. Niners are favored to win. Who do you expect to win next Sunday? You know, it's a really closely contested matchup. Right now, I just give a slight edge to the Eagles. But it would not surprise me at all if the Niners win this football game. I think it comes down to special teams. Something small like that. And if it does, I just have more confidence in Jake Elliott as compared to a Jake Moody. But I think it's going to be a terrific game either way. Mike D, $5. Line that shit up, Rocky. I love it. I, lo I know a lot of Niner fans are going to be taking the Rocky steps in Philadelphia. Line that shit up, Rocky 2 style. I love it, Mike D. All right, use the hashtag 49ers. Send in a super chat to get involved on the show and to get featured on the program here. Segment number two. Coming at you live on the 49ers Report. couple of things that I want to get to. Some critical changes that the Niners have made that has allowed this team to get back on track to save their season and end that three-game losing streak with three straight wins. Niners also making a roster move. It's coming up right now. Coming your way on today's San Francisco 49ers Report, I'm Chase Senior. Thank you so much for being here with us. Why the Niners are once again on a roll some major adjustments and lineup changes that they've made, as well as just what they're doing better during this three-game winning streak as compared to that three-game losing streak going into the bye. Also coming up on the show, San Francisco making a very interesting roster move. Before we dive into all of this, make sure you subscribe to the channel. It is Eagles week for the Niners, and we want to have a sub battle here at Chat Sports. The 49ers report. 102,134,000 subscribers as of this recording. I've worked really hard to get that YouTube plaque. Yes, I also cover the Philadelphia Eagles in addition to being an NFL analyst here. And I know that they're going to be competing to try to pick up as many subscribers to inch closer to that milestone of 100,000 subscribers. So this is going to be a great matchup on the field on Sunday. It's a great matchup between two great assets and channels here at Chat Sports. Which team and which channel is going to pick up the most subscribers this week? Let's make it a fun competition. Let's begin with the San Francisco 49ers making a roster move on this Monday. The Niners activating defensive lineman and edge rusher Robert Beal from the IR list. 
The corresponding roster move, the Niners placing safety and their special teams ace, George Odom, on IR. During that Thursday game against Seattle on Thanksgiving, Odom did tear his biceps, has to undergo surgery, expected to be out two to four months. So him returning this year, probably unlikely, so they could afford to put him on IR and then activate Robert Beal. This was the last day for the Niners to be able to do that because they opened up his 21-day practice window three weeks ago. As for Robert Beal, drafted in the fifth round, 173 overall out of Georgia. And I think that the Niners' defensive line rotation is set. I don't expect Robert Beal to get any snaps there. We've seen how good and how multiple this Niners defensive line is. They've really hit a stride, and they've hit their next gear during this three-game winning streak. Eric Armstead is playing some of the best football of his career. Nick Bosa is back. Randy Gregory is out here bulldozing over Jason Peters and putting the future Hall of Famer on his back. Chase Young has had a great impact along this defensive line with pressures, collapsing the pocket, moving quarterbacks off their spots, and then Javon Hargrave... He's living up over the last few weeks to that four-year, $84 million contract extension. So because of the depth along that Niners defensive line, I don't expect Beal to play there. But he is an explosive and athletic player. And he did run in the pre-draft process a 4-4-8 40-yard dash at nearly 250 pounds. He can get off the line with his quick jump very, very quickly. He can also get down the field on special teams coverage as well, or maybe be in there for a little bit of a field goal block type of formation. As for what has changed for this Niners team, I want to dive into that aspect of the show. Because you think about how the Niners are playing right now, on a roll, looking like one of the best all-around teams in football, if not the best all-around team in football. And here's why San Francisco is looking like the team that started 5-0, and not the team that dropped three straight games going into the bye after that perfect start. Number one, I think San Francisco's change in the secondary has completely changed the look of this defense for the better. The 49ers benched Isaiah Oliver coming out of the bye. D'Amador Lenore moved from outside corner to slot to handle those duties there. And then Ambry Thomas, the third-round pick in 2021 out of Michigan, who was kind of a cast-off for this team last year, who wasn't even getting any snaps, moved to outside cornerback, and he has played great football the last three weeks. And in turn, the Snyder secondary, which was not good during that three-game skid, has been very good the last three outings. Specifically, you look at how Ambry Thomas has been able to fare. His turnaround here and his development is one of the sneaky big storylines of the Niners season. If he continues to play like this, San Francisco can get back to the Super Bowl and they can win it. Because I always want to have, ideally, two very solid corners on the outside. And when you combine that with a really good defensive line like the Niners have, your entire defense is really covered at all three levels, especially when you have a linebacking rotation of Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and them making game-wrecking plays. But Ambry Thomas in his last three games, 12 targets, 46 yards allowed, one pick, one forced fumble, and that fumble recovery against Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. Three forced incompletions, two pass breakups, highest coverage grade among all Niner corners in two of those last three games, and a passer rating allowed against Seattle, minuscule, 20.8, those numbers according to Pro Football Focus. So that has changed number one. 
that has helped the Niners turn their season around after going 5-0, then 5-3. With that, I ask you this. This will be the pinned comment on today's show. Is Ambry Thomas's play sustainable? Can he keep this up? Give me a Y for yes or an N for no. More critical changes that the Niners have made that we're going to break down and dissect here on the Niners Report. But first, the 49ers Report sponsored by Factor. Brand new sponsor here on the show. If you go to factormeals.com slash NinersChat50, you get 50% off. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you Fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals that are delivered straight to your door. Too busy with the holidays to cook, but you want to make sure you're eating well? We got you covered. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up as well while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat them up and you can enjoy it. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35 plus weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle. And you can heat these meals up in two minutes, ladies and gentlemen. You're on the go. You're busy like I am. This is why I use Factor. Factormeals.com slash Niners Chat 50 for 50% off. That link is available for you down in the comment section as well as in the description of this video. So we talk about the Niners making that lineup change in the secondary. That was point and change number one that I wanted to get to. Number two, give credit where credit is due. Mooney Ward has really stepped up, and he is playing like a true lockdown cornerback. And he'll have to continue to play like that if San Francisco wants to get a win against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Mooney Ward's number since week 10. He's been targeted 23 times. He's given up 11 catches, 113 yards allowed, seven forced incompletions, and he's allowed a passer rating of 62.4. The Ward-A.J. Brown matchup, two really, really solid players in this league, and a matchup that could determine the outcome of that game in the NFC Championship game rematch. So Ward, Niners really liked him analytically. That's why they paid him in free agency going into the 2022 season. I thought last year he was really good. This year, he's balling out once again, especially over the last few weeks. Because during that three-game skid, he was playing subpar football. Next up, let's go to the Niners defensive line. The pass rush has really come alive. Even when the Niners were off to that 5-0 beginning to the 2023 campaign, they weren't generating a lot of sacks. And mysteriously, the sack numbers were down. We talked about it so much here on the show. And then during that three-game losing streak, with all three levels of that defense not playing well, with the offense turning it over, with San Francisco's defense missing tackle after tackle, that combined with the fact that the Niners could not generate a pass rush just led to this team playing sloppy and bad football on the defensive side. But during this three-game winning streak, San Francisco has totaled five sacks, and they are pressuring the heck out of the quarterback from everybody and all of the investments made along that 49ers defensive line. The return of Trent Williams has, of course, given this team a boost as well. I think it's really helped sure up the Niners' offensive line. And when you're talking about the best left tackle in the game, he impacts the pass as well as the run game. 
And against Seattle, after a little bit of a rocky game against Tampa Bay when he came back from injury, and then against Jacksonville when he wasn't the same guy, still coming back off that ankle injury, we saw against Seattle, he was his normal self. And that Seattle Seahawks defensive line, it's a pretty solid unit. 32 pass-blocking snaps, one pressure allowed, zero sacks allowed for Trent Williams. San Francisco also playing clean ball while also forcing turnovers during this three-game winning streak. They're not giving it away, but they're also taking it away. And that is a magical ingredient to have a lot of success in this league. Six turnovers forced during the last three matchups. One total turnover as a team. If the Niners play a clean brand of football, they can beat Philadelphia. If they give it away, the Eagles have been so good at taking advantage of those miscues, they'll probably lose. And then I also have noticed this, that San Francisco has had a more balanced approach with their offense. And you look at the identity of these last three victories. In jumping out to early leads, the Niners have been able to suffocate opponents and they've been able to gash opposing defenses by throwing it as well as running it. And that balanced offense has led to San Francisco being able to have a lot of success off play action. And pretty off play action against the Seahawks, nearly perfect. Seven of eight completions to attempts for 103 yards, pretty damn good yards per completion right there. One touchdown, no interceptions, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. So that's why the Niners have been able to turn it around. And again, that's the identity. That is the type of play that you should expect from this team. And that's why I took issue with that three-game losing streak because we've seen how good this team can be. And when you talk about the Niners, you got to hold them accountable. We held them accountable, and they've responded really well coming out of the bye. That's a credit to the coaching staff. That's a credit to the players for getting it done. It's your turn now. I broke it all down on my end. What is the biggest adjustment in your eyes that the Niners have made leading to this success? Brian Caminati, the boy Coop, type an SF in the chat. Who else is a part of the recent commenter club? Hancho, Val Brooks. What's up, Val? David Stinson, God Emperor. Henry the Average Niner fan said benching Oliver. That was the biggest adjustment. Last call here. To join our mailbag, use hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat. We want to hear from you here on the show. Yeah, you can do that. That's a good idea. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Use hashtag 49ers or Super Chat to get your questions answered here on the show. This will be our third and final segment of the live show here. Big Bo. $2 Super Chat. Over under, Trent throws one and a half punches on Sunday. Over. Slam it. Now, does this count, Big Bo, where he kind of just shoves somebody? Or does it have to be a closed fist? Because if it's a closed fist... He could get ejected after one, and then we can't smash the over on the one and a half. If it's kind of a push and some action after the whistle, I'm going to go over. I think he's trying to set a tone. Yeah, it's a good one, Big Bo. Big Bo. Big Bo. 
big boat. Yeah, you can if you want. How are we on questions? Should be good. Last call for your questions. Hashtag 49ers or send in a super chat to get featured here on the show. I want to chop it up with the faithful. So be like Matt Keller. Use hashtag 49ers. And we'll round out with a little mailbag hearing from our fantastic subscribers. What'd you say? Start full screen. Yep. Hashtag 49ers. Send in a super chat. Rick Eska. I do have a phone now. Congratulations on getting the phone. All right. Mailbag coming up. It's 2023. Here we go. This is the San Francisco 49ers Report by Chat Sports. I'm Chase Sr. Coming up on today's show, plenty to discuss as it is Eagles week for San Francisco. You have questions. I have answers. Let's break it all down here on the program. Scott Diamond leading us off. Why aren't we seeing any time for Jordan Mason? I've been wondering the same thing. Every time that Jordan Mason gets the ball in his hands, he makes a positive play happen. Now, I will give credit where credit is due because over the last couple of weeks, really since Grant Cohn called out Kyle Shanahan asking why Jordan Mason wasn't getting carries ahead of Elijah Mitchell, who up until the last couple of weeks looked slow, looked indecisive, lacked that burst that we've seen from him the previous two years since getting drafted by the Niners, Elijah Mitchell started to play a little bit better. And he's getting a bulk of the carries. I think the biggest reason here, and I've said this for weeks, why Jordan Mason has been hidden on the Niners' depth chart and why he's not getting the ball, I don't think this coaching staff really trusts him a lot in pass protection. And it's really hard to take Christian McCaffrey off the field for the impact that he has as a runner, as a pass catcher, the versatile weapon and component that he brings to this offense. He's also such a smart football player Growing up in a football household with his pops playing for Mike Shanahan and the Denver Broncos, that the nuances to the game is something that Christian McCaffrey really cares about, and he is an excellent pass protector. So even when the Niners aren't giving him the football, Christian McCaffrey is still able to impact the game, and he's able to be a very good pass protector. Whereas Jordan Mason, I think he has lapses in that area, and then Elijah Mitchell's a little bit better than him. But I always am a fan of Jordan Mason's game and using a player like that from a philosophical approach because I want to see the physical back with a little bit of the flashback, and I also think that he's just a really solid player. But when he's on the field, teams know that San Francisco's going to run it because he's also not much of a pass-catching option out of the backfield either, so the Niners' offense becomes a little bit predictable. Christian Burton, who are you going to be live-streaming? Eagles or Niners? So we're going to be doing a simulcast, and it is going to be a fantastic show. We're going to go live an hour and a half, to two hours before the game, and we are going to preview the game. We're going to do a little NFL red zone. We're going to take your questions, and both streams are going to be competing with one another for views, for likes, subscribers, as well as Super Chats. So it's going to be a competition on the field this week on Sunday in Philadelphia. It's also going to be a competition inside the walls here at Chat Sports between these two great fan bases and two great squads. We're also having a sub battle which channel can pick up the most subscribers this week? The 49ers report, 102,000 plus. Eagles now closing in on 66,000. Don't allow your squad to lose. Hit that sub button for daily coverage on the Niners. 
Big Hurt chiming in with the $5 Super Chat here. Appreciate that, my brother. We are better this year, and the Sheagles are not as good. I am expecting to be as dominant against them as we were against the Cowgirls. I think that Philadelphia is too good to lose like the Cowboys did. I also think that the Eagles are too mentally tough to lose like the Cowboys did. Like the Cowboys aren't a team that I really worry about. When they have to face adversity, when they have to come back, when shit hits the fan, when they get punched in the mouth, they don't respond to adversity. That's why they're the fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. We can all agree on that. The Eagles on the other end, they respond to being down, and that's when Jalen Hurts has played his best ball. I think this is going to be a closer game. I don't think it's a dominant game one way or the other, Big Hurt, but we appreciate your analysis. Big Bo, over or under, Trent throws one and a half punches on Sunday. An actual punch, I hope it's under, because if he throws a punch, he might get ejected, and that alters the game plan for San Francisco, especially when you're without the best left tackle in the game. If we're talking shoves after the whistle, I think this game's going to get chippy. It's going to be physical because these two squads do not like one another at all. Today's show is sponsored by Prize Picks, by the way, the largest independently run daily fantasy sports app in North America. Get a $100 deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use the code CLNS for that deal to apply. On Thursday night, I was a winner winner turkey dinner. I had Christian McCaffrey on the special more than a half rushing and receiving yard. Debo Samuel, more than 61 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I thought that he was going to have a big showing against Seattle because he plays well often against the Seahawks. And then I had Noah Fant, more than 14 and a half receiving yards. I put $5 down to win $25. So win real money with prize picks and get that $100 deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Lore, next up, what do you think about Hassan Reddick's comments? So I'm actually going to pop that up here because I tweeted this out a little bit earlier. I always think there's a difference between somebody calling out and somebody taking shots at another team or player and just kind of stating the obvious, right? And when I heard the tone, I didn't think that he was really firing a shot at San Francisco. But he did say this, and it's juicy. There's no doubt about that. Get your popcorn ready regardless. Quote, talk is cheap. They got to come back at Lincoln Financial Field. A lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come in here, line that shit up, and prove it again. And that's what San Francisco has the opportunity to do. Prove that they belong on the same stage as the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, that game would have been a lot closer last year. It would not have been a blowout, and hopefully we are treated to another good football game because as football fans, as a football analyst who covers the NFL, that's what I want to see. Aaron Jimenez, our defensive line, has definitely stepped up since Chase Young has been added. They have. They have 15 sacks over the last three games, and that just coincides with when the Niners traded for Chase Young and when he made his debut. His impact has allowed other players to feast, other players to eat. It's opened up opportunities for his teammates along the defensive line. It's allowed San Francisco to rack up the pressures. I also like what Steve Wilkes has been able to do. A couple of moments over the last couple of weeks, he's lined up Chase Young, as well as Nick Bosa, at defensive tackle. And when you have quick, twitchy 
athletic freaks like Young and Bosa going up against larger, slower guards at San Francisco. It's a different look for that offense, and it's led to a lot of success. What new to 187? The penalties have died down. I think that's the biggest difference. San Francisco is not turning the football over. They are forcing a lot of turnovers. They're getting after the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. They're not giving up explosive plays downfield. You're also right, Wet Noodle. They are not getting penalized a lot. And San Francisco is going to have to play a clean game in this game against Philadelphia as well just because these two teams are so closely paired. Mamba Legend 24, can the Niners get the tiebreaker over the Eagles if we both go 14-3? and three? You're going to have to beat Philadelphia. That's how you win the tiebreaker. You have the head-to-head -head matchup. So if both teams are 14-3, and three, but the Niners lose against the Eagles, the Eagles would get the tiebreaker. There could be some other crazy playoff odds types of chances and you know all those percentages that could maybe give the Niners a minuscule chance, but that's why this head-to-head -head matchup is so critical. Got Emperor, which edge will line up against Trent Williams? So Hassan Reddick kind of lines up on both sides. He's usually on the Colton McKivitt side. So then on the other side, it's going to be Josh Sweat most of the time. So Hassan Reddick against Colton McKivitt. That is a matchup to look out for. Hassan Reddick owned that matchup against Mike McGlinchey and the tight end Tyler Croft last year. That's why Brock Purdy's elbow got injured. Hassan Reddick, really good player. He's now had 10 consecutive sacks. In three straight years, and he's on his way to making that four straight years. And Colton McKivitz has had his struggles at right tackle. Byron McCants, I also think the biggest adjustment was Steve Wilkes moving to the sideline. Look, a lot of people like to say, and football people like to say, it doesn't matter if a coach is on the sideline or in the booth. How can you argue with Byron McCants' point here? Steve Wilkes moves down to the sideline, and the Niners are playing their best defensive ball of the season. The communication has been better. The Niners aren't as hesitant. They're not missing tackles. They're sacking the quarterback. Some of the adjustments mid-game have been a little bit better too. I think that it has mattered because eye-to-eye, face-to-face communication is always better than texting somebody, talking through a headset, or talking through a phone. That's just simple human nature evolution type stuff. Henry, the average Niner fan, should we try to trick play the Eagles? Obviously, it depends on the moment. It depends on the situation. You're not just going to run a trick play to run a trick play. Maybe Kyle Shanahan will see this, Henry the Average Niner fan, and they'll run one. Niners do have an edge, I think, with their offense against a susceptible Eagles pass defense. And if you can get the Eagles, again, given the pace, given the flow, given the moment of the game, if they over-pursue and then... You do a little wide receiver throw, Christian McCaffrey throw downfield, you can get him on that. We know that Kyle Shanahan likes to run some trick plays from time to time. Niner Babe 75, whose colors will you wear, Chase? You know, I have a couple of options here. And look, I know a lot of people are going to rip me apart for being the host of the Niners Report, as well as Eagles Now. Just some background information. Like, I grew up in Philadelphia. I was hired here at Chat Sports to cover the Niners in 2021. It has been an incredible honor to be able to be on the Niners beat for now three years talking about this football team. I wake, every, wake up every day blessed to be able to do this. So I've covered the Niners for a long time. Last year, 
The guy that was covering the Eagles left the company. Somebody had to take over. It was me. Prior to last year, these two teams had no history. They met in 1996 in a wild card game. Sloppy, rainy at the stick. Steve Young had a touchdown. That was really one of the differences in that ball game. They're only really rivals, not even according to the definition. And they're recent rivals because of the NFC Championship game. I'm able to reach millions of people on both channels. I work my ass off to be able to be on this platform to have channels as successful as they are. And I've dreamed of covering the NFL since I was five years old. So if you're going to call me a fraud, you're going to call me this, you're going to call me that, I frankly do not care. You can say whatever you want about me. All I know is that I work hard. I provide the best analysis that I can. And the people who enjoy it, y'all are real ones and I appreciate you. Who you got? Niners, Eagles, type SF or PHI. Let me know in the chat and keep it locked here for some great Niners content. Not just this week, but every single day year round.